This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome, everybody, to the Skeptical Skeptics Podcast. I'm RJ Metzger. And I'm Rachel Metzger. And this is episode 51, part two of the Mothman special. Wait, shouldn't it be episode 50 then? 50. No, it's part two. It's episode 51. Also, oh, I thought it was episode 50, part two. Slash quarantine edition. <laughs> we already we were already kind of quarantined last week. Kind of, but not really. Now we're really. Um, also, shout out to Rachel's sister, Jen. Rip. Because <laughs> she might have COVID, man. <laughs> She's fine now, I'm pretty sure. Oh, is she? I don't know. I haven't talked to her. Okay. But I'm pretty sure. I mean, I would know. My sister also has fevers. Also, we have a listener, and I'm not going to say her name in case she doesn't want us, us to say, but she thought she might have it as well, so we need to check in on her. Best wishes. I know. She's doing better. Oh, she's doing better. I'm the one that talks to her. I know. Go you. Well, hey, we and were And she always concerned. knows it's me, because anytime she talks to me, she's always like, she always says RJ and you. She never says the name Rachel, because she just she knows. She knows how to guess between us, though, she said. Anyway. So I've decided that this episode we're not going to talk about in the news. And for every episode that we are still stuck in quarantine, we're not going to talk about in the news because everything in the news kind of sucks. It's not good. Nobody wants to read about it or see it. It just makes you more stressed out and more nervous, or at least me. Um, so instead, we're going to talk about something good that's happening, whether it's in our lives or in the world or whatever. And if you don't like that, I'm sorry, but I just can't talk about news. Because it makes me unhappy. Yeah, but there's nothing good going on in our lives, so... There's good things. Think about something good in the world, in your life, personally. What's good about your life right now? There's always something good happening. Not a lot. My boat's on lockdown. <laughs> that your truck's getting fixed? It's getting upgraded, yeah, but it's taking forever. Doesn't matter. At least I didn't, they didn't lock that down. That's true. Um, yeah. No, I was just kidding. Our kids are cute. Our dogs are cute. Everything's good. No, like something actually happening. <clears throat> Nothing's happening. Oh, I started my new job, so that's cool. Do you like your new job? I do. It's better. Well, there you go. Um, well, it's just different, which is good. Um, and he gets to work from home when before he did not. So and because we're right on a now, travel that's ban, a huge win. Normally, it's supposed to be I'm traveling a lot, but since not we're right on a travel ban, work from home. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's good times. Hope right. you guys are all having good times. This was a huge joke hey, as this far as is replacing where you're news. supposed to say, Rachel, what's going on with you? No one. We didn't just ask about what, your what, what's good going news. on with you. We're locked in a house together. We I know. get it. But you said you, I asked what your good news was. You said your good news. Why didn't you ask me my good news? What's your good news? So rude. It's not that my husband is thoughtful and caring. Oh, it is. Because that's not it. No, it is. All we cared about was your good news. Apparently, well, which I you couldn't we had even the same really find. Good news. Um, your job is not my good news. Uh, it's no, not. It's not. You swear? You still work for Amazon. So the answer is no. Stop making that a thing. Why? Because it's mean. No, it's not. It's, do you think Jeff Bezos is listening to this podcast? If he is, you know what? Screw you, Jeff Bezos. Come talk to me. What? At me, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> the joke, you know, the joke is I'm, I'm in control of everything. I'm the editor. I can just take all this out. Don't. I will. Let Jeff Bezos come at me. If he listened to this episode and came at me, first off, I would be starstruck and shocked that he listened to our episode. Second off, I would tell him how I feel about his um, company, and then he would not care at all because I'm no one. So. All right, let's just not. That's how that would go. I have a good job. Your job is all right. My job is great. Okay, my happy thing uh-huh. is I decided to um, try to enjoy my quarantine more, and... We got to play outside for the first yesterday for the first time since this quarantine started it's because it has been rainy. raining like crazy and a mud pit in my backyard. And so the kids have been way happier. On a mud pit. It was a mud pit. Think, think about the dog's feet. Yeah, but that's just because they're crazy. I know, but it was just so much. It was we just, have grass. We have grass, but it was just so gross. And we're not going to play out there. Anyways, them being able to play outside, specifically Sterling, is like game changer. He's so much happier. Yeah, it's a whole different kid. Also, I bought super cute loungewear, so I, while I'm chilling, I can wear something cute and feel cute about myself without and not feel super gross and disgusting. That's it my looks good like stuff. Arctic camo. Sure. From a surplus store. 
whatever. It has cute little shorts with it. Yeah, that which look like hacked off sweatpants. Anyways, that's my good stuff. <clears throat> so I hope you guys can find some good stuff. And yes, those were both very small things. And that's about what I got right now. So. Interesting. Hopefully we can all find good stuff in the crap that's happening. Anyways. And maybe this podcast will be one of them, right? I'm just not feeling very positive right now. Well, I don't know. It's just a weird way to start. Anyway, why? here we go. Try to help to people. No, I need to. I need to know why this is weird. How are we going to help people by them knowing about like our to small help, not little? That. I mean, like helping people to think about stop and think about the small happy things that are happening because it's really easy to get caught up in the big unhappy things. Oh, I think this is great. I love just being on lockdown with you. Anyways, let's go. You don't like it? <laughs> what? See, I don't need this because I'm a happy man. Oh, whatever. Yeah, you love not having our kids in school and being stuck inside the house all day with both of them. That's it's a great thing. Been pretty great. And Cole never goes to school anyway. He's a bum. Okay. A tiny baby bum. One doesn't go to school. What about the one that does go to school? I've been having fun with him. Anyway. Anyways. So. Let's continue. We don't remember where we left off. Yes, we do. Really. I just told you. No, because we talked about the poltergeist too, though. So no, we activity. didn't. Yeah, we did. Their poltergeist activity. No, we stopped after the in- the first initial reported Mothman story. I read that whole, her whole thing, and that was the end. No, we talked about the poltergeist activity. What poltergeist activity? They were living in a rented trailer near Tiny's Diner at oh, the time. Oh, yeah, of- but that's like their whole story. We finished with their story. Okay. Well, if you don't know what we're talking about, that's because you need to listen to part yeah, one. Yeah, seriously, don't even. This is which the we've du- never done a part one. And this part would two be the before, dumbest so. episode, the only episode in all of our episodes. That needs to just jump into yeah. and just be like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, so check out last week's episode. Anyway, in a 2002 interview, uh, Linda said that uh, when they were living on 13th Street in Point Pleasant, she said, "Quote: We saw it again about a month after we first saw it when we lived on 13th Street. The roof slanted down at an angle from an upstairs from the upstairs bedroom window. It looked out that window. It was sitting down, um, or I looked out that window. Sorry, and it was sitting down." Its wings were folded around itself like it was trying to keep warm. It had its head turned sideways, looking in through the window as if it was curious. By then, I had figured out that it didn't want to hurt me. I could just tell by the way it looked at me. uh, I was very curious and wanted to try to communicate with it, but I still didn't know what it was or where it came from, and was a little scared of it still. It looked so lonely, not scared, but not scared anymore. It looked cold, too. It was really cold out that night. And this wasn't the only encounter that the Mothman or with the Mothman on the Scarberry's roof. Um, in local reporter Mary Heyer's letters to author John Keel in, on July 2nd, 1967, she wrote about Roger and Linda experiencing more activity of Mothman on the roof. She mentions Linda's mother, Mabel McDaniel, and says the roof activity occurred over three nights, those three nights being June 29th, 1967, June 30th, 1967, and July 1st, 1967. She said... Quote, Mabel said that Roger and Linda swear that the monster has been on the roof the past three nights. Linda even claims that she sees its red eyes and has been a nervous wreck, according to Mabel. I really don't know what to think of this deal if they really see something or just think they do. End quote. I wonder if these people have ever seen a giant owl. Right. I just I've seen a giant owl on top of someone's house. It is terrifying. Terrifying looking. And they are huge. Yeah, they're like way bigger than you think. Way bigger. Yeah. Yeah, they're like. Just I'm just Sterling saying walking around with a blanket on. Yeah, massive. It was a, it was terrifying for me. Anyway, when asked um, if Mothman was good or bad, Linda Scarberry said, quote, I don't think it ever had evil intentions. It had numerous chances to harm or even kill me and some other people, but it didn't. I think its main intention was not to get hurt itself. A lot of people tried to kill it or capture it. I don't think it would have hurt anybody or anything. Um a lot of dogs started turning up missing. A lot of people blame that on the Mothman, but I don't think it was him. That's what she said. So anyway, yeah, that's like the final ending to the Scarberry their sightings. story, yeah. Yeah, that's like their, and they're like the biggest story. Right. So the night after their initial encounter, right? So we kind of followed the Scarberries down their path of sightings, but let's go back in time to their very first sighting, right? The night after was Marcella Bennett's Mothman sighting. So Wednesday, November 16th, 1966. Um, Marcella Bennett, her brother Raymond Wamsley and his wife, Kathy, were bringing Marcella's two-year-old daughter, Tina, to visit relatives who live past um, the TNT area of Point Pleasant. Um, 
Marcella and her brother had read about the strange being in the newspaper and they thought it might be fun to go out and look for it one day, but they never expected what was about to happen. The house they were visiting was a neat bungalow back among the igloos of the TNT area. It belonged to Ralph Thomas, who was the superintendent of the Trojan U.S. operations there. Ralph's wife, uh, Virginia Thomas, was Marcella Bennett's sister. When Marcella, Raymond and Kathy arrived, they discovered that Ralph and Virginia had both left to go to church. The only ones home were the three children uh, or the three Thomas children, Ricky, Connie and Vicky. After exchanging a few words with the children, Bennett and the Walmsleys decided to um, head back to their car. And it was about 9 p.m. at this time. That's when they spotted some strange lights in the sky that hovered around above the trees. Raymond stopped when he got to the bottom of the steps and he tried to get Marcella's attention. She told him that she didn't want to go see any lights. And he said, quote, no, stop. You've got to look at this. This isn't a plane. She ignored him and began walking to the car, carrying her daughter. Suddenly, a figure stirred in the darkness behind the, the parked car. She saw the creature out of the corner of her eyes as she was unlocking the car door. She first saw a man's leg that looked like they were covered with gray feathers. She did not see any feet. Like a slow motion scene in a horror film, she pulled her eyes up. The um, She pulled her eyes up. the wings were drawn in towards its body the head was uh tilted sideways it looked like a bird perhaps an owl i'd put that part in yeah Uh, but it was too big to be a bird like a big ass owl um but standing on the big bird there's a big bird like a the man pigeon yeah exactly Um, yeah, uh, ostrich ostrich that's it um standing only a few feet away from her was a giant man bird or an owl. Um, its head is sunken into the shoulder area like an owl's. Uh, she saw no red eyes because they weren't shining a light on it, more than likely. Mm-hmm. Uh, but later said she might have been too frightened to notice. Marcella described the creature as over six foot tall. Okay, that's, that's a big owl. That's a really big owl. <laughs> it just looked like a giant bird, but yet a man. And it was standing with its shoulders arched and its neck down. She was terrified and unable to run. I just stood there, quote, I just stood there and looked at it, but I couldn't figure out what it was that I was seeing, said Marcella. Her brother saw it, but would not come towards where it was. Raymond and his wife were both very frightened. He kept yelling for Marcella to run, but she was paralyzed by fear. When Marcella finally managed to turn around, she looked maybe four steps or took maybe four steps towards the house before falling to the ground in a state of shock on top of her daughter. Oh By the way, gosh, God, Lee, could you imagine knowing that this is how bad your fight or flight response is? <laughs> like, could you live everyday life knowing okay, that? I have to talk like that terrifies me because I've never been in a real situation where I needed to find out what my fight or flight was. And so I'm really afraid that if I ever did, it would not be good. It would be like this. You'd end up just laying on top of Sterling. <laughs> Uh, She was unable to get up as if in a trance. Quote, I just couldn't do what my mind was wanting me to do. She explained. Marcella had heard the flapping of wings as she was trying to run. It's like um, like fighting something in a dream or like something I commonly have is like I'm almost always armed in my dreams. But pulling the trigger is like the hardest thing on the planet. For me, it's always like I'm trying to like hit them or something. And yet I never actually land it. Like I'll land punches and stuff, but it's like noodle. It's like. Yeah, no, mine will, uh, like, they're, like, farther away than I thought or Ugh. something like that. Dream fighting, man. I don't I really fight very often in my dreams. I fight all the time in my dreams. It's the most frustrating experience of all time. Rarely. Um, when Marcella finally managed to turn around, she took me out. Oh, I already read that part. After pulling herself together, she picked up her child and ran to the house. The Walmsleys were waiting on the steps. What useless people, too. Yeah, that's her own brother. And, and he just stood there and yelled at her, like, go <laughs> home. She real. fell on the ground. I know. Go to your sister, yeah, dude. he's just, like, yelling at her. Um, eh, I'd probably yell at Becky. No, I'm kidding. I'd go help Becky. Rude. Not now. She has COVID. We have to social distance. She doesn't actually. Don't put that out there. She might. She doesn't. You don't know. Oh, my gosh. We, we're not testing. Anyways. Anyway, uh, Raymond heard the creature once again flap its wings as Marcella reached them. I feel like I read that part. The family locked themselves inside the house. Marcella's hands and knees were badly skinned up because she's a buffoon, apparently. Um, her hands and knees were... How much was her child skinned up? They didn't talk about it. It wasn't important at the time. <laughs> this is the 60s. No one cared about the child. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um... They were scraped, bruised, and bleeding from the fall. She had been burned from falling on top of her lit cigarette. Oh, that's why she has terrible reflexes. Oh, my Um, gosh. The side of her face was also bleeding from where she had fallen. Jeez, how hard did this woman beef it? My gosh. They're not that far above the ground. Like... (laughs) 
poor woman. She was terrified, and we're just were sitting here nitpicking how she handled her fear. Were you attacked by the Mothman? No, I'm just that clumsy. Um, if I, okay, if this is <laughs> seriously okay. If I were her and her brother, here would be my deal. I'd be like, when you retell this story, I won't tell anyone. I the I, no, I will tell everyone that the Mothman fought you. If you tell everyone that I ran and helped you and right. didn't just stand no, there yeah, like a useless piece to, of crap. Uh, to be honest, I have to believe they're telling the truth. Oh yeah, because it's just a terrible story. So embarrassing. Yeah, for both of them. The children inside were all screaming and crying in panic. Raymond Wamsley frantically phoned the police. Um, By this time, by this time, Marcella was lying on the sofa and could hear him telling the sheriff's department to get to the TNT area because they had seen the creature. He told them that they were locked inside the house, but that it was still outside. The Mothman shuffled onto the porch, pushed open the door, and peered into the windows. It took the police about fifteen to twenty minutes to arrive at the house, but the creature was gone by the time they got there. That's one heck of an owl. Um, This is not an owl. No, that's not an owl. Man, that's creepy. Um, The police did not make a mockery of what the family, like we did, of what the family reported because they (laughs) saw... I love that you need to say they needed to say that. Like, this story is obviously pathetic. Yeah, Uh, but they they didn't do it because Marcella had been injured. Uh, They believed (laughs) that the witnesses were... They believed what the witnesses were telling them. They had guns drawn and were searching all around the house before they realized that the front yard was soon full of not only police cars, but curious people and cars from everywhere. It looked like a drive-in theater. Uh, Raymond talked to the... (laughs) Could you imagine? Neighbors suck. I mean, yeah, seriously. Yeah, they really do. Like the no, only, hu- just human beings suck. The only tell that they would have had that something happened was that cops had arrived. And yeah, then they right. all just start showing up right. in the freaking front yard. My gosh. That's like we, next door before next door. We really suck. Oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, really, though. Um, it looked like a drive-in theater. Uh, Raymond, God, We need to get through this story. <laughs> Raymond talked to the police and filled out the paperwork and police reports. Marcella Bennett has described it as the most frightening experience of her life and something she felt uncomfortable talking about. She was traumatized and could not sleep. Quote, I would think I could hear the wings flapping and noise on top of the roof. I kept feeling that this thing had followed us home. She said, oh, we have to follow Shane and Ryan's footsteps and try the loud mouse noises. Um, what? That the mo- Mothman makes. What loud mouse noises? That's what they say. That he sounds like a giant mouse. To just squeak really loud? Yeah, try it. What would that sound like to you? I don't want to like yell. I can turn it down. <laughs> no, get away from the <laughs> That's microphone. That's what they would say. Oh, I'm deaf. <laughs> oh my gosh. Ow. All you said was turn it. You would turn it down. Yeah, you didn't tell I me to get like, away. <laughs> just one E? Lots of them over yeah. and over again. How would that go? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like eh, 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 like a movie. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it sounds like. Um, you gotta do it now. Well, so Shane did it really weird. Why have I not seen? But that? I think it was close. Um, let's try, but like super loud. Oh, I was thinking of like when they're attacked, because that's the noise they make when they're sniffing. The noise I made is the noise they make when they're like afraid. That's like the afraid noise too. No, it's not. It's like, eh. It's like a squeaky noise. That's why when you ask little kids what noise does a mouse make, they say squeak. That's their nose. That's their little nose sniffing like this. You know what I'm talking about? Where it like goes back and forth. Stop making that noise. That's a pretty good mouse noise though. I'm pretty sure it's like that. No, mine is a squeak. Put in a megaphone. You guys tell us. It's a squeak noise. We'll do a poll for the first time in a year. Jeez. And I think I'll win. I hated the last poll. What was the last poll? It was the, should we do oh, ghost, a ghost hunt or not? Which, by the way, that ghost hunt, oh, it's never going to be It out. failed so hard. No, it was a great ghost hunt. No, but you didn't get any sound. <laughs> yeah, the sound didn't work. Sorry. Um, it was creepy, though. I still have yet to watch it um, entirely just because there's no sound. But I'll see if there's anything salvageable. We need to do another one when it's not Corona time. Um, anyway. Somehow she felt the creature. God, now, we're still in the story. <laughs> yeah, now had a link to her and would come back. She never drove at night after her experience. Never. My gosh. Quote: I couldn't sleep and I was hearing things and thought that it was right outside and still after me. I couldn't imagine what this thing was or where it came from and what its purpose uh, and what was its purpose. It was close enough to harm me, but it didn't. Said Marcella. Okay, she this even is... sought medical attention. What? Sorry, go. Just finish that. Part. She even sought medical attention and holds her hospital to deal with her anxieties and lack of sleep. Quote: I did not want to tell the doctor what I had seen, but he asked me if I was Marcella Bennett. He asked me if I was one of the people who saw the big bird in Point Pleasant. Marcella said. 
What? Okay, so you know how like in Supernatural when like they have to tell the normal people that like there's monsters in the world and stuff? And at first they're always like, what? This is crazy. And then by the end they're like, I've accepted this. This is fine. Yeah, I can I live would with be this reality. Uh, that yeah. would be me for the rest of my life. Yeah. If I saw a giant man bird. That was like trying to get into your home. Hanging yeah. out near me, flapping its wings. I would never be okay again. Yep. Ever. She said she would feel the Mothman's present at times and would send her into a panic. For example, she would feel as if uh, he was in the backseat of her car. That's pretty common. Um, she would hit the brakes and turn to look behind her. The sighting was put into the newspaper. Marcella talked to author John Keel, who included her in the 1975 book, The Mothman Prophecies. Then in 2002, she was featured in the Search for the Mothman documentary. In 2005, she was interviewed by Jeff Walmsley. No relation, weirdly. What? Well, that is such a weird, weird name. name. <laughs> oh, whoa. Who published it in his uh, book, Mothman Behind the Red Eyes. He also kept archive footage of the interview uh, with her that was later used in the 2017 documentary, Mothman of Point Pleasant. Okay, so there's a chance that they were trying to cash in, right? But I don't think so. She got hurt a lot. I mean, yeah. I know people are willing yeah. to do a lot for fame or whatever, yeah. but also... This she, was... she could have just been scared by any run-of-the-mill thing, though. And, and then, then they, they just... Maybe she was... was but okay, here's what I'm saying. Six foot tall, though. Also, though, if she was embarrassed, like, your story was still bad. Like, if, oh, you're, yeah. if you were making up this story... You would have made up a better story. <clears throat> I agree with that. You know, like, yep. it's pretty pathetic. It would have been like, I didn't fall on top of my two year old child. Yeah. I fought, I straight up fought the giant man bird. I yeah, punched him in the face. My brother helped. My brother was great and helpful. Yeah. Like, no, you wouldn't tell this story about hurting your child. Right. And obviously, no one cared. Nobody cared. Nobody even documented it. I mean, honestly. Also, this was the next day. And back then, they wouldn't know the next day that that had happened the first time. So it's not like she could have cashed out. No, they did. Um, oh, it they was did? in the newspaper. Yeah. But Remember like, it just said that they went out to go look for the dang thing. I know, but I just feel like I was thinking in my mind, like newspapers used to be like a daily thing. They're not anymore. I forgot. You're saying you forgot that they were daily. Yeah. Like they I was are thinking still daily. Okay. If you get the new, who, who gets the newspaper? Nobody. Well, I mean, an, Okay, my point people. is back then everyone relied on the newspaper and you got it every day. I was thinking like it was like a weekly thing so they wouldn't have seen it yet because I wasn't thinking about the fact that it's like not 2020. So anyway, some uh, articles that came out at the time was owl, goose, prank, long bird with pencil neck <laughs> that catches fish crane. A six foot goose? Yeah. Nightmare. Um, there was another article called City Getting the Bird, Want It or Not. <laughs> okay, so here's what I'm thinking of though too. Like... I know we're making fun of this lady. We were terrified of an otter. We went through one of those like drive-through zoos because we have one. These, you know, twenty minutes away from our house, whatever. And we would not roll our windows down to say hello or feed the ostrich. And it started pecking our window, and we all freaked out because it was terrifying. I mean, it's a dinosaur. Because they're yeah. evil giant man birds, and I don't like them. So even if I saw a giant man bird and I could recognize what it was, I still would be afraid. You know, like it wouldn't be like, oh, that's just an ostrich. No need to run away. I'd be like, no, I'm running away. This is terrifying. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Any um, version of that is not good. Anyways, let's move on from this story. Goodness. Oh, we already did. Thank goodness. Uh, anyway, so there were a ton of sightings. Um, in those 13 months? In those 13 months, including November 17th, 1966. Uh, do you have the that story? No. I believe you do. Don't. All right. Which one? On November 17, 1966, a teenage boy on Route 7 near Cheshire, Ohio, reportedly saw a gray man-shaped creature with a red eyes and 10-foot wingspan. The creature pursued the witness's automobile. No? Nothing? No, I told you I didn't. I told I only picked a few from that. I didn't know you were going to read every single one. Well, you know, it's in the timeline. I know, but there's just so many. All right. I need to read every single one. I very poorly placed in the silver bridge incident so we need to keep going i have that so yeah you don't need to worry that'll about be it. later um it's anyway the so one. the eight people so then following in november 18th 1966 so just a few few days later which also is interesting that it was all with like a lot of them happened so close together yep um this is an article titled eight people say they saw the creature i'm not gonna read the whole article but essentially eight people say say they saw a flying thing near Ohio River community. A dog could have fallen victim to it. So again, the the dog thing. Poor puppies. Um, what I'm wonder, interested in, other than that one dog, is like how big are these dogs? Because owls and eagles and they can carry off a dog. 
Not, but not big dogs. Yeah, but but that's what I'm saying. Like, if all most of these dogs were little dogs, like that, big birds eat little dogs. Yep. Uh, Kenneth Duncan of Blue Creek near Charleston said he and some other men digging his brother-in-law's grave on Saturday when something that quote looked like a brown human being buzzed past. That sounds racist. (laughs) 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 Um, Just flying by anyway. um, Quote: It was gliding through the trees and was in sight for about a minute. Quote: End quote. Duncan said uh, four other men helping to dig the grave didn't see it. Um, The Yeah, so, like, I guess they were, like, on a break or whatever, and this dude was still digging, and he saw it. Okay. Um, So, he said that uh, it was a huge bird with eyes like, quote, red reflectors. Remember that one? Um, Four other people also told a Mason County sheriff uh, they saw it in the general area. I think it's really interesting that people are freaking out about the eye thing, and that's extremely normal. Yeah, For all animals. Like, every animal has that. Yeah, but it's probably the brightness of it. To look like a bike reflector, I mean, that's odd. I've seen a ton of eyes. These eyes are were red and they were no, super bright. Not like a bike, like a light, like a bike reflector is the like the multiple yeah, I refractions. Know what it is. Like a like a mom. People could just be saying that though because they look it Rachel. was red and creepy. And then it go and then it a becomes a thing. Newell Partridge, who lives a hundred miles north, said he feels like. Uh, wait, did I read all these before? No, I hadn't even heard that story you just told. So no, I think you did because I think I, have I read didn't. This. I have read No, this. you read it and then wrote it down, RJ. That's oh. why you remember. <laughs> yeah, because I've read it You before. did research. <laughs> oh, man. Uh. Weird. <laughs> um, anyway. Who knew you'd recognize something you already read? Yeah. When you well, researched wait, no, this it. No, Bandit. Oh, I guess I just put down Bandit's story again. Oh, well, that's why. Oh, it's because it's the article about Bandit. Duh. Anyway, there's a... a uh, Johnson said... So, hang on. I just got to read this real quick. You don't need context. It's about Bandit, the, the dog that got oh, taken away. Baby. By. Anyway, Johnson said he was not discounting the stories he was told, but he said he feels what was seen was nothing more than a freak shite poke. This is in the newspaper, <laughs> right? <clears throat> he said what people were seeing was nothing more than a quote, freak shite poke, end quote, a large bird of the heron family. The shite poke, sometimes oh, called that's a, an actual it's bird. a bird. I thought he was like, <clears throat> I thought he was just saying weird hillbilly yeah. too. <laughs> no, he wasn't. <laughs> Um, the shite poke, sometimes called a shag, is the smallest heron in the Western Hemisphere. Poor bird. Officials were at a loss, however, to explain how a shag could fly 100 miles per hour, Scarberry Mallet said the creature did. Anyway, here's another article from around the time, November 18th, um, 1966, Jeez. again. Birdman could be FHS balloon, right? <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, a Fairfield High School teacher suggested Thursday that the seven-foot Mothman uh, seen flying the Point Pleasant area Tuesday night and early Wednesday may have been an experimental balloon. Edward Pritchard, awesome. a Huntington ad- advisor for the Proctorville sci- whatever school's science club, geez, this guy's a huge nerd, said two <laughs> balloons were recently released as part of an air current study project. They were plastic sacks filled with natural gas and measured some four by seven feet when inflated, he said. One was released Tuesday night and another Wednesday morning. A similar balloon was released November 1st and apparently triggered several regional unidentified flying objects reports. <laughs> um, Don't you have to, like, announce that? Don't you have to be like, hey, guys. It's the 60s, babe. Of course oh, not. okay. Mr. Pritchard said the balloons released from the school could be carried over Mason County by prevailing winds and people's imagination might do the rest, like a, bl- a brown man flying by. Um, <clears throat> besides, the wind can play tricks on these things and they do look strange at times, he says. All um, right. All right, what else happened? Uh, uh, my next one in the timeline I have is the Mothman and UFO, which is May 19th, 1967. No, that's way later. I know. Oh, wait. No, I'm on 1968. God, I did a terrible job with these what notes. What is happening, RJ? Well, no, yeah. So I guess let's do yours and then the bridge. Okay. Yep, we're good. Okay, so um, Two women swore they saw a Mothman fly to meet a UFO on May 19th, 1967. The flying creature with glowing red eyes approached the hovering luminous object and disappeared. Quote, we were driving past the TNT area on Route 66 around, or nope, I made that up, on Route 62 around um, 10.30 p.m. In quote, Brenda Stone said, quote, when we saw two bright red lights, on a shadowy form high in the trees just off the road. Suddenly, these big red lights appeared. This big red light appeared and approached the tree, and the form rose up toward it and disappeared. Then the big light took off to the north, end quote. Interesting. Mm-hmm. 
So the point we're trying to illustrate here, and there were literally 50 to 60 articles. Hold on. There's one more that's not dated, though, that I have. Okay, go ahead. So um, this was just in August of who knows when. Abe and Mildred Patterson traveled with their children on U.S. Route 19, West Virginia, along the New River to visit relatives in Fayetteville. It was a, quote, fine August day, end quote, of an undisclosed year. I don't know why that is. Spying a picnic table at a roadside, the Patterson stopped for lunch and were still unpacking the car when young daughter Emily screamed in terror. Abe and Mildred, with son John, rushed to find the girl battling with an incredibly large crow, the blogger writes. She was trying to run and so kept getting further and further into the brush away from anyone who could help her. By the time her father caught up to her, she'd lost both her eyes. Two weeks later, she died of infection. Jeez. Some giant bird <clears throat> slash bird man poked out this girl's eyes. That sucks. Yeah. So we're going to read just a few more. But the point that we're making is a ton of people saw this. There thing are so many in a very short amount of time. 13 months really is not that long. No. Like 13 months ago, we didn't even have coronavirus. It's insane. <laughs> 13 months ago, it was like not even a thought. Yeah. That, that man had not put bat in his soup yet. Um, oh, did you hear that they have a new deadly virus that came out? But it's from like rat feces in your This is end. why I didn't want to talk about the news, RJ. Oh, whatever. It's not that big a deal. Um, oh. Anyway. So here's just a few more. Um, on November, uh, in November of 1966, the week of the 20th through the 26th, um, 23 of, <clears throat> sorry, George Wolfe, who was 23, um, from the Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania, was out hunting when he came across a seven-foot-tall gray bird creature that looked like an ostrich. Um, a couple reported to a Charleston patrolman that they had seen a large bird near Ferry Branch. Its wingspan was wider than their truck. It flew over their truck and landed in a tree and then flew up Ferry Branch Hollow. Um this is all the same day, by the way, November 20th. A bird about, quote, four, about four feet tall with red half moons under his eyes was reported by Howard Miller. It landed on a school bus shelter in West in Dixie, Nicholas County, West Virginia um, on November 20th. Again, six teenagers claimed to have seen a gray man sized creature with gray with red eyes at Campbell's Creek, West Virginia. On November 20th, again, five teenagers driving along Campbell's Creek, West Virginia, on the night of November 20th, were are said to have had the shock of their lives when their headlights bounced off a man-sized bird-like creature standing um, beside a rock quarry. It turned and scurried off into the woods. Quote, nobody believes us because we're teenagers. <laughs> that is the realest thing I've ever heard. And she said, but it was real scary. Um, <clears throat> I wouldn't believe him. I don't believe him right now. It's been That's what I'm 60 saying. years. I still don't believe him. Um, Teenagers are never up to good. And they everything they say is is not it's questionable. not true and something you should definitely They're not believe. Seen through the eyes of an idiot. I'm so sorry if anyone who is a teenager listens to us. No, I mean, they don't, I'm, I'm joking. They don't. Yeah, they don't. But I was also joking. On November 24th, 1966, two adults and two children were driving past the TNT area when they saw a giant flying creature with red eyes. Their report was added to the growing chaos. November 26th, four people outside of Lowell, Ohio, were said to have spent a fascinating Saturday afternoon watching a group of gigantic birds flutter about the trees near Cat's Creek. Hey. They saw no glowing red eyes, um, but they but they did see four very strange creatures and kept them in view for two hours. Oh my gosh. Hey, um, <clears throat> you told me that all the rest were yours in 1968, so then I read my, my 19th, 1967, <laughs> I know. and now you're back to November <laughs> it's 1966 I found my notes. <laughs> again. I found my page this where I did nonsense. this. This is nonsense. Anyway, quit. Just keep up. That's keep all up. I, yeah, you keep messed up. it up. It's not keeping up. We're going back and in forth December on the timeline 6th, here. In December 6th of 1966, a mailman in and December Mason. 6th. December 6th, 1966, I said. <laughs> no, you said in December 6th, 1966. Well, I can prove it. <laughs> then prove it. We'll see. <laughs> Later yeah, today. You'll edit it and then you'll say that's what you said. <clears> no be crap. Uh-huh. A mailman in Maysville, Kentucky, claimed to see a giant bird-like creature in flight. On December 6th, yet again, two adults in the TNT area witnessed a giant gray man-like creature with glowing red eyes. Here's the weird part. When they come in bunches, they do come together, which is odd. Okay, I'm just going to go ahead and say there's some giant ass bird that no one knows what be. is in the TNT area. Right. Because well, for this many people. On. We're going to get into the theories. All right. No, for this many people to see it all around the same time. Yeah, it's, there's something. 
Uh, it's probably that balloon from that one. I was about to say, nerd. it's either a giant bird or it's the damn balloon. Those are the only two. On December 6th, uh, two adults in the TNT area um, witnessed a giant gray man-like figure with glowing red eyes. On December 7th, Route, 30, Route 33, Ohio, brownish silver man, well, shaped flying creature with glowing red eyes. Why don't eyes. you just like count up how many stories you have that are all within that area and tell us how many there are Fine. rather than continuing well, this line. December 8th, there was a shadowy figure on a hilltop with two glowing red eyes. My gosh. Okay, December 11th, another one. December 11th, another one. December 11th, another one. See, it's just a giant bird. But then May 12th, so a big jump, 1967, you have um, the white flying being with long hair, 10 foot wide wingspan, passed directly in front of a car. Then you have your main main UFO Which was supposed to happen right now. And then in November of 1967, so a full year, uh, four adult males claim to have encountered a giant gray figure with red eyes while hunting in the chief cornstalk part of West Virginia. Um, they were so frightened they didn't even raise their rifles until it was gone. All right, then. Is it Silver Bridge time? Silver Bridge time. All right, people. Here is like what the whole movie is about. All right. We don't know about the movie. How many times I, I got to tell I you? Do. Stop I've talking seen about the it. movie. Why are you screaming? Because I'm mad at you. Look at that line. I have seen it. Look at all your lines. Your lines go up that big all the time. I have seen the movie. I know what it's about. Mine do go up. And it's about the Silver Bridge incident, RJ. I know because I watched the movie. Really? Because who's the lead? Collapse. You're going to correct me on what you wrote. Yeah, I know. I wrote it wrong. Who the, I, I I thought it was Michael Keaton, but yeah, it's Richard but who, Gere. Oh, it's Richard Gere. So, uh, that's all I remember is a bridge collapsing in the movie. And the Mothman, I think, saving people. <laughs> think. You don't remember this movie at all. I remember the collapse, though, because it was on. a big deal. I was like six. Anyways, so... The Silver Bridge collapsed. It happened on December 15th, 1967 at 5.05 p.m. There were 46 deaths and nine injured. And of those deaths, two um, of them were never found. Um, after the whole, the bridge was inspected and everything to find out what went wrong. Um, they found that the 13th steel pin I-bar was improperly uh, manufactured and failed. Um, at the time, it was the worst bridge ex- incident of all, like, yeah, of that time. We're having as many casualties as it did it also happened on the coldest day of the year so i'm sure falling in that water was not pleasant um this was this marked the end of the period of mothmanness and that in point pleasant yeah and that was 13 months um so 13 months 13th pin right but also of course the i mean the bridge was poorly maintained and over capacity for many years it wasn't supposed to have anywhere near that much traffic um there were uh many believed that right before it happened um they had some had some some people had some sightings of the mothman um also a newspaper reporter named mary hyrie uh she reports higher higher whatever i don't know though uh she had been reporting on the mothman before and was a friend of john keel she said on november 19th 1967 so this was like almost a month before the actual thing was quote i had a terrible nightmare there were a lot of people drowning in the river and christmas packages were floating everywhere in the water it's like something awful is going to happen in quote um also when keel went to point pleasant for um for thanksgiving in 1967 people in the area were having dreams slash nightmares of of a disaster all right. So that was like the big climax of the Mothman thing. Full, Which is why point pleasant. it's the movie. But here's the deal. We didn't make a whole part two just to end 30 minutes in with the Silver Bridge collapse. Of course not. We people. have so much more to talk about. Do so, we have so much more? So much more to talk about. Oh. So much more. All right. Do you have the winged humanoid sighting on Amur River in Russia 1968? No. Well, I do. So the following incident <laughs> is reported to have... Uh, okay. Occurred one night in 1968 in the Russian Far East on the Umar River in the Primorsky Kray region. Jesus. This sighting was brought to more public attention by researchers Albert S. Rosales and David Weatherly because of the tense relations, quote, because of the tense relations between the USSR and China at the time, Soviet KGB frontier troops intensified their patrols on the territories of the Russian Far East, which borders the people of the People's Republic of China. One night, the crew of a Soviet patrol 
um, boat on the ri- river Amur, Amur, whatever, uh, spotted a, su- a suspicious object flying in from the Chinese bank, bank of the Amur. This is hard. When the strange object came closer, the men on the boat realized the object resembled a winged human being. The, fl- the wings were visibly flapping in the air as the entity flew overhead. At the moment that the winged figure crossed the frontier into Russia, the frontier guards opened fire with their automatic weapons. The flying entity stopped moving its wings and glided down sharply to a nearby taiga, uh, to the nearby taiga, which means forest, um, and dense pine forest. Well, there we go. That was there. The crew of the patrol boat radioed uh, headquarters about the incident and the order was given to find the object or creature, whatever it was. The KGB frontier guard suspected that the figure was probably a Chinese spy wearing some kind of flying apparatus or equipment. However, a thorough search, which included dogs conducted by the frontier guards, proved fruitless. The mysterious flying man had disappeared, end quote. So it was a wasp man. Of course. Is the thought. There was also a winged humanoid sighting in northern Siberia in 1968. A mothman-like creature occurred in a remote region of northern Siberia. Um, this was originally reported in the Russian pu- publication, quote, Gen- or the Russian publication Gentry in 1993, and then brought more public attention to, by researchers Rosales and Weatherly again. Um, quote, at a very isolated region of northern Siberia, Taiga Hunter was brought into not tiger hunter, taiga <laughs> hunter, um, was brought into one of the villages suffering from severe wounds. He had deep facial lacerations uh, and on his hands and his clothing was torn to shreds. He lost one of his eyes while out of this while at the small medical facility in the village. He was flown, flown by helicopter to a better, better equipped hospital in a larger city. I am having a rough time tonight. Yeah, it's not. It's going to take a breather for a second. While recovering, he told the most amazing story. According to the unidentified hunter, he was in a very isolated area and had come up to a ridge and there during the evening he sought a place where he could stay for the night passing by a large rock he noticed a small cave it was cold and windy so he immediately he immediately sought refuge in the cave his immediate plans included building a small fire in order to warm up and the cave entrance was narrow so wearing his bulky clothing he barely squeezed through the crevice um however the cave was Surprisingly long and narrow, but suddenly expanded by three meters as he found himself in sort of a hall five meters wide. The far end of the cave was lost in deep darkness as the cave was only illuminated by a weak ray of light from a small torch that he carried. The hunter decided to go out and gather branches so he could build his fire. He left his gun and small backpack behind. Collecting twigs and brushwood, he returned and built his fire. After warming up, he decided to go out again and explore the nearby wood. However, later, as he returned to the cave, he noticed that at the end of the hall, something dark stirred. He immediately ran for his rifle, but suddenly there was a loud, shrilling scream, and something attacked him. Loud, shrilling scream, Rach. It's supposed to be the mouse noise. I just don't. Yeah. Yours wasn't a scream at all. No, that's not. That's not a scream. That's that's That's, what I think it was. That's demon noise. Yeah, that's what I think it made. No. As he stood by the fire defending himself and he clearly saw the sort of creature that he was fighting against, but only for a moment. He was able to describe a dark man like creature with huge wings with approximate with an approximate wingspan of about two meters. The creature had a human head covered with hair, but there was no hair on its face. He saw huge eyes and almost no discernible mouth or nose. The creature suddenly glided towards him, emitting an incessant wailing howl and suddenly tearing claws were grabbing at his face and arms. As the hunter fell severely wounded, the strange creature jumped out of the cave. The unfortunate Hunter did not notice any legs, but did notice that the body was short and forked below. After the creature left, the injured... Yeah, it's like... So legs. Yeah, kind of like legs, you know? (laughs) Um, (laughs) What? (laughs) Um... After the creature left, the injured hunter treated his wounds with alcohol and bandaged them as best he could, but he could not completely stop the bleeding. He grabbed his weapon and sat by the fire, afraid to go out. An hour later, he heard a noise at the entrance of the cave, and he fired a shot towards the crevice. He heard a shrill cry and the flapping of wings. As soon as the dawn broke, as soon as dawn broke, the injured hunter left the cave and stumbled towards the closest village. He apparently lost consciousness near the village and was later found by other hunters. He had also lost two fingers on his right hand. Jeez. Yeah, wild, right? Anyway, Glad now we're we've done got, talking about that. Yeah, I am because it's your turn now. Chernobyl? No, that's what I have. Winged woman of Vietnam. I don't have that. <laughs> well, get it. 
Can we just skip some? Do we have to tell every story? We have to tell them all. Why? There's so many. Tell them. I don't have it. You have Google it. it. Winged no. Woman of Vietnam. Just send it to me. I just have a thing. Anyway. <laughs> oh my God. You tell Chernobyl. Yes, I have the whole story. Of course I will. Well, hang on. Here we go. Ready? Yes. So the Winged Woman of Vietnam, August 1969. Described as a floating feminine figure with pitch black skin. The woman's hair was dark and straight. And Does that her just large- mean it has boobies? I think so, yeah. Um, <laughs> large wings had a slightly furry quality to them. Her arms appeared to lack bones as indicated by their sheer flexibility. <laughs> okay, hold on. I feel like our around. first episode was like all information. We barely made any jokes. It was just like straight facts, spitting them at you real fast. And now we're just full of nonsense. Well, that's because it's kind of nonsensical, but <laughs> it's interesting. Um, she also had a g- slight greenish glow surrounding her entire body, like uh, Mr. Burns. Remember that episode whenever <laughs> he was wandering the forest? <laughs> that was oh, a good man. One. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, it's just a woman in Vietnam. That's pretty much the Mothman. Next one is the yeah. Owl Man. Have you heard of the Owl Man? He's like Mothman, but he's an owl. <laughs> so it's just an owl. Yeah, so he's known as the Cornish Owl Man or the Owl Man of Manan. Just a really big owl. Yeah, he's a owl-like creature supposedly sighted around mid-1976 in the village of Manan, Cornwall, England, <clears throat> in the UK, and has been sighted several times. Uh, he was featured in an Animal Planet mockumentary, Lost Tapes. There are several explanations as to what the creature could be, but like theories include undiscovered species, species, uh, spirit or misidentified bird like an owl or mothman um extremely similar to mothman or owlman humanoid standing six foot six to seven foot tall covered in feathers or fur silvery gray i'm just gonna go ahead and say every time someone says that right like she said the six foot tall mothman no one is out there standing next to the mothman with a dang measuring thing measuring how tall he is these are all guesses I mean, it's guesses. Could have been like a four foot tall bird <clears throat> that you were just kind of far away from and it looked way too big to you. Because a four foot tall bird is a large bird. Yep. I'm just saying. At 2 a.m. on a late summer's night in 1971, uh, a, Ma- a Massachusetts police sergeant named Thomas Downey was driving along Winter Street in Mansfield towards his home in he- Easton. I don't Why do we care? Um, <laughs> <laughs> as he approached a place known intriguingly as Bird Hill. Um, oh, interesting. At, at the edge of the Hockamock Swamp, <laughs> this sounds so fake, <laughs> Downey was suddenly confronted by a huge winged creature over six foot tall. He had a tape measure, it said. Hearsay. Um, it's all hearsay. No, he had a tape measure. It's in my he notes. <laughs> Shut up. It's in my notes. Uh, he drew to a stop at the intersection. The birds flew, flew straight up, flapped its massive wings, and disappeared over the dark trees in the swamp. Downey reported the sighting to the police as soon as he reached home. A patrol car searched the area. Uh, the bird was gone, obviously. Or else this would be a whole different world we live in. <clears throat> then you got the Dover Demon. You know about the Dover Demon, Rach? What do you think? The only connection between the Dover Demon and Mothman is Lauren Coleman's heavy involvement, the large glowing colored eyes, and the vis- visitation of the black men in black following both sightings. I, sh- I found nothing else of interest about the Dover Demon, apparently. All right. <sighs> is, anyway. it, is it Chernobyl time? Yeah, let me do one more. Ugh. Elias Midkoff had a giant bird sighting. I don't know why this is here, but apparently in the year <laughs> 1896. <laughs> Elias and this dude named W.W. Atkins. I should have put this all the way at the beginning. Anyway, um, <laughs> they were hunting deer near the mouth of the Vanitors Creek when they saw a very large oh bird circling high in the sky as they watched it rapidly descended, landed on the water. Adkins fired on it, crippling its wings and waded into the creek to capture it alive. It fought him so furiously that he was forced to kill it in self-defense. It took vi- five bullets to end its life. Mothman a hoss, man. Dang. Damn, boy! <laughs> Damn, boy! Um, a Baltimore newspaper... Uh, Based on the description provided by Midkoff, stated, quote, the bird is seven feet, four inches from tip to tip, four feet from tip of bill to tip of tail, flat bill, four inches long and eight inches wide, somewhat similar to that of a duck. This is just a big, big ass bird. Um, that's why I put it all the way down here. I'm sure. I can't take anything from the 1800s seriously when you talk about it, because it's just like anything they saw that they didn't know what was was automatically some mythical. Hey, at least they killed it. Demon like creature. 
Well, anyway, they went to this place uh, to get a taxidermist in order to preserve the body of the mysterious bird. Uh, but the taxidermist was like, no. And then nothing remains of the bird. All right. Oh, clearly from the description of its bill and feet, it was no raptor, it says. Um, ducks belong. Like a velociraptor? Yeah. They, they think that it's a it giant might... duck, like a swan or a goose. I'm sorry. Hold on. They felt the need to clarify that it wasn't a dinosaur? <clears throat> yeah. We don't have any dinosaurs. Yeah. So anyway, there was apparently <laughs> <laughs> the largest goose known was a record, had a record body length oh, of six feet. That is terrifying. And a wingspan of 10 foot, two inches. But it had snow white plumage. So it didn't really match this bird. For those of you that don't know, which is everyone but RJ. Um, when I was a child, I got attacked by a goose. And so. I think everybody got attacked by a goose. Well, it was a very personal attack by this goose. Yeah, that's true. He chased me down and bit me. So that is a nightmare. Yep. I do not like geese. And then. Wait, when did Chernobyl happen? Uh, <clears throat> 86. Okay, well, then I got another one. <laughs> There's the Freeburg Shrieker. Do you know about this one? You I, should know about this why one. Why do you ask me this because every time? Because I sent you these. And I you told you I was to going to pick certain ones and not read the other ones. Yeah, you were supposed you to, decided no, to read the, the biggest other ones. One. This is one of the biggest ones. No. So the Freeburg Shrieker is one of the biggest ones that was globally Oh, also I didn't know. Because you already said that. Meant to be the Mothman. And here's where it gets interesting. Oh. No more jokes. In September 10th of 1978 at a mine in Freiburg, I believe I'm saying that correct, Germany, a group of 21 miners arrived in the morning to find a dark figure with wings on its back in the entrance to the mine. When they approached it, it unfurled its wings and let out a large, or no, I just made up large. That's not even in there. Let out, quote, a sound like 50 people screaming or a train in peril trying to break at the sight of a twisted rail. Listener warning. I'm going to put that before the shrieking. Ready? Why? That's the noise. I didn't like that. Don't do that. Winnie didn't like it either. Listener warning. I'm going to put that before the shrieking. Then also after. I don't like it. Anyway, that was my best impersonation of the uh, Freeburg Shrieker. Opting to stay outside the mine and work on other tasks, the workers were... (laughs) What a great idea. (laughs) ...were soon disturbed by a large explosion in the mine itself. The entity's presence had prevented them from entering the mine and thus saved their lives. However, six out of the 21 workers apparently saved by the monster were still working at the mine only six months later. Two of those men who had had pledged to detail the indisputable facts of the case for the rest of the world perished suddenly, broke and destitute. Others were plagued by psychiatric problems. The dark winged creature is sometimes referred to as the free bird shrieker, but it also fits the description of the Mothman mm-hmm. and is an omen of disaster, which is a huge thing about that. And then the last two, you've got Chernobyl and then whatever it's Chicago. called. Chicago. It tanked. It tanked. Um, okay, so... I'm going to talk about the Blackbird of Chernobyl, which about every time I say the word Chernobyl, it feels like I'm saying something I made up, but it's not real. Chernobyl? You, you know words like that? Yeah. That's Chernobyl for me. Hmm. And the more I say it, the more I'm like, that's not a word. I made that up. Anyway, well, it's not a word. It's a name. You know what I mean. Which is a word. That was annoying. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's believed that days before the disaster uh, of Chernobyl, which was April 26th, 1986, five of the people in the control room of the power plant claimed to see a monster flying in the sky. Um, there were also claims from some of the workers that they saw the same creature right before the explosion happened. They described it as a hideous humanoid with giant wings, a black body, headless, with red glowing eyes. And like basically like the glowing eyes were in his chest area. Um, these workers reported that after seeing the creature, they would have terrifying nightmares, headaches, and received, uh, seemingly threatening phone calls where no one was on the other side of the phone, which anyways, uh, some even reported these sightings to their supervisors, but then the explosion obviously happened so quickly after. So even if they wanted to, they couldn't have done something about it, but like, what would they have done? Nothing. Okay. A few years after Chernobyl, um, these blackbird sightings became popular because the description of the creature was much like that of Mothman. They also connected Mothman because they believe both of these creatures are har- how is that where he said that word? Harbingers. Huh? Harbingers. Harbingers of doom. Um, they are like the free bird shrieker. Mm-hmm. They aren't seen as bad or evil, but rather an omen for coming disaster. Because everyone who claimed they saw the blackbird died in the explosion, it quickly became seen as lore or legend. Yeah, and so I heard that it was all crap, actually, because the first 
account of that blackbird of Chernobyl didn't even happen until like 2003 or something. Hmm. So I think it was an internet story. But if it's not an internet story, that's very cool. Along with the Freeberg Shrieker, along with Mothman. Okay, RJ. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. This whole uh, quarantine is getting to us a little bit, I think. Oh. I think we're getting a little weird. Anyways, so the next story, which is Mothman in Chicago, is not until April 15th of 2017. Um, so anyways, uh, so there are three separate accounts of a Mothman-like creature in Chicago between the night of April 15th to the morning of April 16th. So the first report was, um, on Lake Michigan on a boat. Uh, it was a girl. Why did I write it like that? Um, there was a girl celebrating her birthday with her husband and some friends. She said, quote, we were about two miles out on the lake, just off of Montrose at about 10 p.m. We were enjoying ourselves when I happened to look up and saw what looked like a giant bat and not like a fox bat, which I looked up and saw was the biggest bat. This bat was as tall as my husband, who is six foot four inches or even bigger. It was solid black with eyes that seemed to reflect the moonlight. This bat was blacker than the surrounding night sky and was perfectly silhouetted against the moonlit sky. This bat circled the boat three times in complete silence before heading off towards Montrose. It quickly blended into the night sky and was gone in seconds, end quote. Uh, the second sighting was at 10.30 p.m. The witnesses claimed to be hanging out with a few friends. He said as they were talking, they heard what sounded like a bird flapping its wings. His friend said that he saw a, I'm going to say this wrong, lechuza. Lecuza, it's L-E-C-H-U-Z-A, um, flying over the road. And that is an urban legend about a woman in, um, from Mexico about a woman who can turn into a giant blackbird. Um, he said, quote, we walked over there and saw what looked like a big owl. As we walked up on it, this owl stood up on two feet and looked right at us. We saw what looked like a huge Lecuza. Sorry if I'm saying that wrong, except it was about six feet tall and really big. It had large red glowing eyes that were completely freaking everybody out. We all yelled and this thing took off into the air and took off towards North Avenue. This thing freaked us all out and scared all of our kids, end quote. Um, the next case wasn't until 2 a.m. And this is what the witness said, quote, I arrived for work at 2 a.m. at the Chicago International Produce Market just off Damon. And as I walked across the parking lot, a bunch of guys were staring up at the sky. Um, I looked up and saw the biggest freaking owl I have ever seen. <laughs> I'm six foot two. <laughs> it has an exclamation point too. I'm six foot two inches, and I'm guessing this thing was at least a foot taller than me. It was completely black except for it having bright yellowish slash reddish. That's orange. Eyes <laughs> like a cat. The biggest freaking owl I have ever seen. Um, it stood there for a minute or two, staring at everyone before shooting up into the sky and disappearing. It made everyone feel very uneasy and only took off after some guys threw some rocks at it because that's human reaction to anything we don't like. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't like you. Throw, throw stuff at you. It had wings on it like an owl, only bigger, and you could hear it flap those wings when it took off. It made this sound as it took off and flew away that sounded like a truck's brakes when they are burned out. It flew up. Hmm. It flew up and flew a wide circle, uh, making that sound once more, and then flew off in the direction of the of the Stevenson Expressway. We stood around and looked for it for a few minutes, but it never came back. I'm reporting this because there is no way this was an owl. It stood upright like a man, just really, really tall. I don't want to discuss this with anyone. I'm a prefer to remain anonymous. I don't imagine anyone would believe me anyways. One of the guys I work with who saw this thing said that it made him feel very uneasy like a scared kid, and he was glad someone threw a rock and made it fly away, <laughs> end quote. The investigation never came up with anything, any proof or anything that the Mothman was in Chicago that night. All right. Is that it? Are we are we done now? That's it. I'm out of notes oh. anyway. How wild is this though? It's not though. You think it's just a big bird? I think it's just. Do you mean like animals? Could you imagine if there was an albatross that just happened to be more northward? Well, like than the real albatross. Right. Well, like um the what is it the lizard man of swamp something swamp mm -hmm. score or swamp. Yep. It's like there's a chance there's just a giant lizard like. Alligator-like thing that li happens to live in that area yeah, but that we just don't know about. I mean, it's totally wild. That's wild all on its own. But this isn't a man. This isn't a bird man thing. Well, apparently it is. It's not. Per the witnesses. It's not. Half of this stuff is made up or things they didn't know they were seeing because that's always how this goes, right? Always. There's always those people who just want to be famous or... The whole like, um, what is it? The like, you know, s s hysteria thing. 
where we see things because of other people. And the ones that aren't made up, I, I, there, you cannot convince me this isn't like just something we've never seen. We haven't like a, a species of something we haven't heard of before. It was just, it's just like the, what's it called? Yeah, a man owl would be still cool. Oh yeah, no, I'm, I agree. I'm just saying this isn't a man. This isn't a person. It's that not is injured also, cold. No. It's not a harbinger of doom. The injured cold story all on its own is nutso. That is nutso. That one. I not, believe Darren. I feel like that Darren needs to brother. kind of be its own story because that's nuts. But like Mothman itself. No, I don't believe it's a man. Well, according to uh, the McElroys on their amnesty campaign, injured cold is the Mothman. That was okay. Anyway, if you haven't listened to the adventure zone, I highly recommend it. It's amazing. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think it's a giant bird. I mean, especially like, let's say it was migratory, right? Giant migratory bird. That would explain why it came in bunches so many yes, times. Right. And that's why it's seen in the exact same area so often. Because yeah. this is like, what's a bird? What's a giant man bird going to do? It'll fly away. Sure. Because it's scared. But where's it going to go? It can just go in a tree and then chill until you're gone. Right. And then come right well, back. Well, and all animals are like, they find a place that they like. And they stay there. That's a thing that they do until they feel threatened and feel the need to go somewhere else. This is not way more in depth than you initially thought, though. Oh, it was. And the weirdest part is not a single thing about it convinced me of anything. Normally, like, uh, no, I mean, the whole bird thing. Yes. But like of Mothman actually being a Mothman. Yeah. But what about the free bird shrieker? And uh, if Chernobyl happened, Mm. you think there's nothing to it? No. I'll just quinky dink with a giant bird. Yeah. Interesting. Also, I think when people experience... Um, Ooh, if you guys want to see a picture of our black shuck, because I realized we have one now, you should see. <laughs> Women. <laughs> yeah, she's a black shuck. She's so many things. She is. Um, I, I think people see a lot of things when they go through traumatic things. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm just saying, I just, I, I don't know. I just think there's so many things out in nature we know nothing about. That a giant six foot bird that is again, still flight. hearsay. This is all hearsay. Flight, flight. No one has measured these birds. Yeah, but one of them screwed up a a, a Russian hunter pretty good. Oh, well, I mean, do you know what a giant bird could do to you? Apparently, almost killed. They me. can jack you up. The t- they took out two two eyes out of a little girl. Killed her. Yeah, because of infection. But yeah, oh, killed her. I'm just saying. Birds are terrifying. Giant birds are especially terrifying. Have you ever seen a heron? You have, but I mean other people. Yeah, Holy crap. speaking of which, so they my Mothman, my Mothman oh, experience, I had two. Um, this is not even close to Mothman. This is just giant bird. No, for a moment, I thought it was a Mothman. No, you didn't. I did. I, I was, so we used to live, or I used to live on uh, an island in Corpus Christi. And it's like, called Padre Island. So I'm like, it's yeah, weird. Whatever. Okay, anyway. So I would like... There was a deck because we lived on the canals and like we had an upper deck and then a lower deck. Right. And one time I opened the door and like this giant what turned out to be a heron. But at the time I thought was a demon. Um, took See, off, you're those people took off from the Yeah, but I recognize it took off from the lower deck and like flew straight out from where I was. And I screamed like so loud and when i scream for fear i don't scream like a girl i I scream like hank hill um and it's it's even more terrifying perhaps um smell check (laughs) don't talk about it (laughs) why though i don't know it's just a random smell check when is a smell check normal they're always like random. Before someone sees you no. or like enters They're a room. They're always random. It's always just like, hmm, I wonder how I smell right now. Well, what's the results? Fine. Good. All right. Anyway, the, um, yeah, so I got scared. Um, yeah. And I was like, oh, one time we went terrified. out. There was a, what was it called? Meteor shower. Oh yeah. We were, yeah. And we drove out, um, onto the beach to like watch it from our car. And I just like look out into the night next to the water and there's just a giant terrifying bird. Yeah. And I've never seen a heron before. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's what I screamed. Scared the crap I, out I was of trying me. to come up with it's a pelican was the word I was trying to say, which is not even a pelican. It was a hair is a heron. Right. But I was trying to say, Oh, it's a pelican like really loud, but I was like freaked out. And so the silent P which makes no sense, but the silent P in pterodactyl made me say pterodactyl. Oh, I remember that, yeah. So I yelled, it's pterodactyl, and then people laughed at me. Your dad, specifically. 
But dad had his own it's a pterodactyl moment, so he shouldn't even be able to laugh. Anyways. It was an owl hey, hey, let's that actually, almost hit let's, his truck. Let's talk about the theories. Or did I thought, his truck, I thought I we were going to talk about theories. All right, let's talk about theories. So you got a giant bird. <laughs> Which it is. Sure. You got... Mothman. Cryptid man thing, right? Man pigeon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you've got... The angel Either demon one, right? That it's an angel or demon, or that it has been seen and thus being the harbinger of bad Doom. news. People said, Oh, that's an angel or demon, but really they were seeing a Mothman. That's pretty huh? interesting. So you have it both I don't ways. Get it. You have that Mothman is actually an angel or demon. Okay. Or you have the thought, the school of thought, that these people saw the Mothman and called it an angel or demon. You know what I'm saying? wild yep anyway it's just a bird we've talked a lot about mothman i think there's a lot of people out there who really are into the mothman thing tons of people and really believe in it and i'm sorry i want to go to point pleasant this is not one of those that i am like maybe no really Mm -mm. not at all no Hmm. i I can't be 100 percent sure about anything that's idiotic what if it's like, like what if it is like bigfoot in the sense that, like... Bigfoot is also just an unnamed species of something that we haven't identified yet. That's all it is. Gigantopithecus. Sure. I'm just kidding. I don't think so. But, like, that's my point. Like, I do believe it is something. Just like I believe the Bigfoot is something. I just don't believe he's a giant, weird man-ape. I believe he's a type of something that we don't know anything about. Fair enough. I mean, alligators and turtles are still here from way back when. So there's lots of things that have evolved and changed and come from back then that we don't know anything about. True. All right. Let us know your thoughts. We've been thinking and talking about Mothman way too much. Oh, man. I'm so done with Mothman. So excited to move on to something else. I never want to talk about Mothman again. We've been putting off Mothman for months. So here we are. Just because how big of an endeavor it was. almost April. Let's not talk about that. (laughs) Oh, man. We are terrible. Oh, I'm sorry. Anywho, we're back and that's all that matters. I don't ever have to talk about Mothman ever again. Whoop, whoop. All right. You guys have a good week, and we'll be back next week because I have a normal schedule. And we have nothing else to do. And lockdown. Other than watch our kids. Quarantine pod. Quarantine pod. Yeah. Let's be done. Ooh, you know what? Everyone is at home. Maybe we should do a live episode at some point. Oh, (gasps) yeah. That seems uncomfortable. It does. We say a lot of stupid things. We do. And we make... Smell checks. And and yawn and yeah. burp and Alright, good night. Well what? it's night for us. Bye bye. Bye. I'm <laughs> blessing Coronavirus. Coronavirus. Welcome everybody to the skeptical night action. Cut. Oh, my back. Hang on. What's wrong with your back? Oh, no. Your neck, your back, your pussy, and your crack? Jesus Christ. (laughs) Yeah, my pussy hurts. (laughs) It's making it hard to do this podcast. (laughs) What a good quality song that is. Oh, God. Who even sings that? I have no idea. Okay.